I'd like to do some study with you tonight from the book of Proverbs. A very simple kind of study has been planned for this evening that will remind us of significant instructions we have previously received. Yet we cannot let these things slip from our awareness. I know that you are aware of how the book of Proverbs begins. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's in chapter 1 verse 7. It sets the tone for everything after. It tells us that all who fear the Lord will desire and appreciate the instruction God provides in the book of Proverbs. And a review of that instruction will never be resisted by those who fear the Lord. Let me start here. In Proverbs, we become acquainted with various types of people. We are given what might be called snapshots of various types of people. God-fearing people are described. There is, for example, the worthy woman in chapter 31. Other kinds of people who live on the other side of righteousness are described. There is the sluggard who cannot seem to work up enough energy to take care of himself. In one case, to get the spoon from the dish of food up to his mouth. There are others who live on the wrong side. There's the seductive woman, the procrastinator, the violent person who sheds innocent blood, the false witness, and many others. It really helps us to meet these various types of people. These are portraits, snapshots that illustrate either good or bad. Give us very simple pictures of how people engage in life respond to God, or pursue a pathway toward their own destruction. In whatever direction these people are moving, they instruct us and help us live in the fear of the Lord and in submission to Him. One of these character portraits in Proverbs is, very simply, the fool. The fool in Proverbs is not insane, not necessarily uneducated or unable to reason. The fool in Proverbs is the moral fool who has the capacity to straighten up his life and obey God, but would rather serve his own interest, no matter the risk or the consequences in life and eternity. The portrait of the fool in Proverbs is very helpful for us, having the power to steer us steadfastly in the other direction, toward fearing God and keeping His commandments. This kind of study connects well with our adult Bible class in Ecclesiastes, and it certainly connects to this introductory statement in Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We're going to meet four of these characters tonight. Now, here's something I'll mention just briefly. It is a thought or a question 
<clears throat> that may occur more on this side of the pulpit than on that side. Why? On a Sunday evening to a Sunday evening group, would you talk about fools? Well, all of us who are striving to live right before God recognize something called the possibility of apostasy. And one protection against apostasy is to recognize how the apostate is described and avoid that way of life. And I've said to you many times that in the Bible, every negative recommends a positive. Every time there is a condemnation of a way of life, it recommends the opposite, the positive of that. So it's good for us, though we are a Sunday evening group, to recognize these warnings given in the book of Proverbs. And we're going to meet four fools tonight. There is, first of all, the fool who trusts in his own mind. There is the fool who trusts in his own mind. Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Well, let's go back of that for a moment. We have minds because God graciously chose for human beings to have the capacity to think, to learn, to be informed and make decisions. God not only made humans, he made animals and rocks and water and light, but to us, to human beings, he gave mental capacity, the ability to think and learn and be informed and make decisions and maybe change our course should the instruction and the admonition direct us that way. It was never, however, God's intention for us to make up our own rules for life. I know that, and you know that, because of statements such as you will find in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Instructive history can help us here. What happened in Bible history when men and women made up their own minds about how they were going to live? I mean, without God. What happened when people used their own reasoning powers, absent wisdom from God? Well, here's what happened. Cain killed his brother. The Tower of Babel was built without success. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed themselves by their choices. Israel fell into idolatry. David and Solomon made their mistakes. And countless other examples are given in and out of the Bible of what happens when men and women make up their minds about their lives without God. So this statement in Proverbs ought to be studied and thought about with the greatest kind of personal care. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Now remember, for every negative, there is a positive. So I need to think in terms of what would the opposite be. Remember this simple rule. When something is condemned in the Bible, find and embrace the opposite. So, in this case... Instead of using my own perceived wisdom independent of God to guide my life, I need to learn 
and do God's will. And be so diligent about that, that he directs my steps every day. My thoughts, my words, my actions and reactions. As in Ephesians 5 and verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. When you read the word of God, you're putting what is right and best in your mind to reside there and to lead you. When you listen to sermons from the word of God and apply the truth to your attitudes and your actions. When you study the word of God in a Bible class or on your own and you make whatever improvements or changes scripture demands, you are living with mind and body connected with the creator in submission to him. The way of the fool who relies on his own thinking is opposite to the Christian who thinks what God has thought and revealed for us to do. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Yet the status quo in our society is everybody do your own thing. Whatever you come up with in your own mind, even though it may be different tomorrow than today, make your own way. No restraint of external law from the creator. Morality becomes just a private matter. May I remind us this kind of humanism provoked God's judgment when everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Judges 17 verse 6. So our first fool trust his own perceived wisdom. What we want to keep doing is, as stated in Proverbs 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Fool number two. This fool despises his father's instruction. Proverbs 15.5 A fool despises his father's instruction. It is not unusual for children to impulsively think and maybe even say that their parents are just not that bright. Rather than admit rebellion and disobedience, instead of owning their immaturity and selfishness, it is not uncommon for unruly children to claim their parents are not just with it. Not very bright. Don't understand. So, here is what was written long ago. A fool despises his father's instruction. But you've also heard people say, and maybe I have said this and you have said this, that my parents seem to get smarter the older I get. Have you heard that or thought that? Let us grant right here as we develop the point there are parents who are careless and even ungodly in their responsibilities to their children. But when we're talking about God's institution of family and God's intention, children need care and guidance and authority before adulthood. And parents have that assignment. We must impress upon children the God-ordained role of mom and dad. And parents ought to constantly examine their diligence and commitment to that role and that assignment that they have from the Creator.
Here's something else you'll hear. You'll hear people say, in a tone of regret, if only I had followed the instruction of my parents. I mean, adults who look back and discover their rebellion and come to realize it would have been far better if I had followed the instructions mom and dad gave me. I think if you could interview people who threw their lives away with alcohol or immorality or some form of greed, many would admit they rebelled against their parents. A gospel preacher I know developed all of this and described the role of parents in this way. He said there is a period of minority when children do not have good judgment. They take risk. They say and do what is inappropriate. God has given to parents the obligation to supply that missing judgment faculty and develop them in that until the child reaches maturity. I think that's exactly right. It is a serious matter for parents to forsake that responsibility, and it is serious and ill-conceived for children to assume that they are wise and their parents are just dumb. Paul said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Fool number three. From Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 18, utters slander. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. In legal terms, slander is a statement made about someone that is untrue and intended to hurt, to injure. Libel is the same except the statement is made in written form. So a false statement about another. As the law defines it, both libel and slander are types of something called defamation. Meaning there is an intention to damage a person or organization. Something hurtful is said or written. Now the Bible here in Proverbs 10, 18 is telling us that the one who does that kind of thing is a fool. I read this one time. Slander slays at least three persons. The speaker, the one spoken to, and the one spoken about. I think that's true. Slander slays at least three persons, the speaker, the one spoken to, and the one spoken about. Slander shows immaturity and malice, evil attitude. It accomplishes no good. If the fool feels better after telling the lie, that's only temporary. Nothing is gained. God is offended and slander slays the speaker the one spoken to, and the one spoken about. I found this a number of years ago that I thought contained truth. What is slander? A verdict of guilty pronounced in the absence of the accused 
with closed doors, without defense or appeal, by an interested and prejudiced judge. Now, again, what do we do in our study of Scripture? We look for the opposite. When we discover the negative, the sin described, what is condemned, righteous people are going to look for the opposite and latch hold of that and stay with it. So the opposite here would be telling the truth and getting your facts straight. And every Bible student knows this. Never accuse without presenting evidence. Never accuse without presenting evidence. Never speak of someone from angry vengeance. One writer said, Wretched are those preoccupied with insulting, belittling, and discrediting others. The fool is everywhere in Proverbs, often speaking his own mind impulsively against the mind of God and to damage others. He thinks, the fool does, to promote his own agenda. We have another fool, fool number four for tonight. He's a bad example because he mocks at sin. Proverbs 14, 9, fools mock at the guilt offering. If you have the NIV, fools mock at making amends for sin. If you have the New American Standard, fools mock at sin. Have you known people who just don't care about sin? Who just don't take sin seriously? They are not offended. They are not bothered. It doesn't matter. They not only don't care about sin, they may even go further and celebrate it. That's very often what happens. People don't care about sin, and before long, what they don't care about, they celebrate and participate in. The fool in Proverbs is like that. He mocks at sin. Now, you may not encounter somebody who just will come out and say, I mock at sin. But you're going to hear the tone. You're going to see the behavior that accompanies a mockery of sin. And you're going to hear phrases that are going to convey that. Have you heard people say about some sinful behavior? Well, you know how it is. And you, and you pick up the tone of that. Well, you know how it is. Sin is being brushed off. It's being diminished. It's being accepted. You'll hear somebody say this. Everybody does it. And in that kind of a tone, righteousness is belittled and sin is celebrated. That's the way of the wicked. It's the way of the fool who consumes evil and goes back for more and wipes his mouth and says everybody is doing it. Sin is not a laughing matter. And the truth for us is, it's always this way, folks. If my father is offended, I'm offended. If it bothers my father... I'm bothered. Now, remember, we're working from 
the fool's end of it over toward the positive. What is the positive? What is the opposite here? It's loving God and his law with all your heart every day. Loving Jesus and living in gratitude for what he did for us. Paul expressed it this way. He said, abhor what is evil and cleave to what is good. But the fool mocks at sin. So, in Proverbs, through illustrations, character sketches, brief statements of moral truth are captured and should be captured in our minds. God is helping us see clearly the essence of a good life that leads to a good eternal outcome that glorifies Him. Proverbs is loaded with very stark contrast, vivid comparisons, brief stated pictures of consequences. And the purpose is to take each of us from the negative, once we see what that is, over to the positive, to take each of us to right choices and good attitudes and pure behavior and steer us away from life that is ruined by sin. And with this rich instruction, we can go into every day and we can make better choices. I pray and hope that each of us will maintain our steadfast course in the right direction. Let's be standing as we sing. I must tell.